Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. Welcome to New Life Live. Really glad you're with us today. I've got two brilliant men with me. First of all, Mark Cameron is here. Hey, Mark. Hey, Steve. Happy to be with you this Monday. And J.J. West. J.J., how are you doing today? Hey, Steve, I'm doing great. It's good to be on. Now, J.J., we'll hear more about what you did this weekend because we had an Every Man's Battle and a Restore weekend. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. I have mm-hmm. to tell you, it uh, the stories I heard, it was just another amazing experience. But uh, first of all, I want to tell you that rarely do you find a Bible verse that you could claim was written for you. And I found it in 2 Corinthians 10.10, 10. And, and let me read it to you. Some say his writing is weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. Now, don't you think that's a great uh, description? Anyway, uh, just thought that was an interesting verse to run across. I have been viewing 50 different clips of different people on Christian television mainly saying things about giving that aren't true. Really? Yeah, it's really been interesting and fascinating. And um, wow, I'm telling you, if you were someone with very little money and somebody pressured you to give what you had, you know, because you were expecting to get more money back, because that's what they always say. This right. is a seed for whatever. Right. What a tragic thing it is. And so, you know, we're every ministry toward the end of the year does things to to raise money, and we were the same. And I just wanted to be sure every message, every word of our message is absolutely uh, correct. And so. What better way to do that than to see people who are really uh, teaching heretical thoughts and pressuring people to give? No one giving out of pressure or begrudgingly or anything. I mean, don't even. This doesn't do any good. They, right. you have to have the right heart uh, to give. And what. Um, we're asking people to do here at year end, you'll hear more and more about this, is uh, to match the faith of people that have helped us uh, to be here today 35 years later. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> who, who, who would have thought that we would be doing this 35 years later? But we're very grateful that we are. Now, if you want to join us on this program, it's one 800 229 1-800-229-3000. Don't you think you'd be a little resentful if you gave quite a bit of money thinking you were going to get more money back? Wouldn't you just mm-hmm. hate Sure, of course. I mean, yeah. that would yeah. be tough to get over. A lot of resentment and bitterness. 
in one of these uh, <clears throat> videos I asked, uh, I mean, I watched, the question was asked, don't you feel bad about somebody that's having a hard time feeding their children and then you pressure them into giving to you? Mm-hmm. And they do. And you've told them they're going to be wealthy and all of this. Well, of course, the person said, no, I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> so wow. it's just so, so tragic. We're not wanting anybody to give for any other reason that they love this ministry. They mm-hmm. love seeing lives transformed and they want to support that. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come right back. one 800 229 Thousand. We would love to talk to you, but we can't unless you call us. 1-800-229-3000. We'll be back after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Hey, Steve Arterburn and the team. It's uh, Rick Probst here from Faith Talk Atlanta. A little bird told me that you guys are celebrating 35 years of ministry. Wow, that's pretty amazing. 35 years. Just think of all the folks you guys have touched, empowering them to, to change their individual lives, to transform their marriages, their their families. Un believable. Thank you so much. Thank you for who you are and what you've done and what you continue to do. From all of us here at Faith Talk Atlanta, we wish you a happy 35th birthday and here's to 35 more. God bless you. Well, thanks to Rick. I have to tell you, of all the people that I do interviews with, Rick's my favorite. And I don't mind saying that. He is so much fun. He didn't sound like he was much fun with that, but he was. Anyway, 35 years thanks to all of you that helped us reach this point. So grateful. And we're just kind of getting started in so many ways. I can explain that later, too. Well, let's go to Scott. He's calling from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, we're continuing our Pennsylvania theme here because last program we did, we had quite a few people from Philadelphia. So, Scott, how you doing, and how can we help? Hello. Um, enjoy your ministry. Thank you for it. Thank you. Um, just wanted to give you a shout-out. My wife and 14 other women from from this area went to your Lumina conference, um, and my wife got to meet you, Steve. And how did they so, like the conference? What did they say? She... She didn't really get very specific with me, but they had a great time at the conference and a great time of just connecting um, um, some some women friends came out of state and flew in wow. uh, Philadelphia, and they all went down to D.C. together, and they had a great, great weekend. Well, that is great to hear. I really loved the conference, and I thought the teaching was... Uh, just amazing and probably the finest wow. teaching was um, from the speaker uh, Beth and we're going to have her on the radio program because man she was powerful and funny and just connected with the women 
But that's not what we're here to talk about, Scott. But thanks for bringing that up. It's uh, just one of the things I love that we're doing with Museum of the Bible. How could we help you? Right. So I'm going to, I wrote something, and it's about my daughter who is 30 years old and she is single. So um, she believes she is suffering from PTSD. Okay. Uh, she, she also has been diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Um, she was, she was raised in a Christian home as my wife and I are Christians, but she does not like Christian based counseling or Christian based books. Um, I would say I have a pretty good relationship with my daughter. Okay. Um, not, not perfect, but, but good. Um, so last week I was asking my daughter on the phone if she would like to go out for a meal, just the two of us. Um, just to connect. So she said to me that when we go out one-on-one and she leaves me at the end of our meal, she gets triggered with feelings of abandonment. Hmm. Um, These feelings of abandonment probably go back to when she was a child. As I was away from the house a lot due to my job and was somewhat Hmm. of a workaholic when she was a child. Um, Also, if I can share briefly a couple things of the past, When my daughter was five years old, my wife and I became foster parents. This led to us adopting a one-year-old child, my son, who as he developed was very rebellious at times. So my daughter saw yelling and dealing with his uh, temper tantrums. When my son was about 11 years old, he was diagnosed with Asperger's disorder. Um, So that's one story from the past. The other one is when my daughter was about uh, 17 years old, she had a boyfriend who had some issues, and this boyfriend broke into our house at about 4 a.m. one morning with a knife and went to her bedroom door, and she screamed, and he fled from the house. My goodness. Um, And and we brought charges against him. This, this young man. Okay. So, okay, um, so, so my question, yeah, so my question, question is, yeah, my question is, what do you recommend I do to help my daughter? And the second question is, can you recommend some non-Christian books to read about PTSD? Sure. Okay, well, let's start with you, JJ, and um, man, this is, I, I would love to help this 30-year-old just totally turn this around and Mm -hmm. man she needs to because um it's just tragic yeah so scott thanks for the call uh first to just uh full disclosure i grew up my biological family was a foster family and they started fostering about the about the same time when i was about five years old and they continued fostering long after i left the house long into my adulthood i had my own kids uh and they were still fostering and we also adopted a, a boy. We had over 300 foster kids come through our house over the years, wow. but they never adopted any of them because they didn't want to give up a, a bed for a needy foster child. But, but my brother, my younger brother, was, uh, was adopted by our family, and he was about eight years old when that happened. Um, he came to us through foster care. So uh, I do understand a little bit maybe of your daughter's experience of feeling like there's this 
um, series of events that brought got brought into the home that disrupted what our family was like beforehand. We had, you know, we had a lot of foster siblings who got along just fine and were a good fit. And we had several that were disruptive and, and that can be somewhat challenging for a child growing up. Uh, but you mentioned that, you know, she's, she's in response to some of that, certainly, as well as this horrific thing that happened with her uh, ex-boyfriend uh, that she's, she's had some emotional challenges possible PTSD, certainly depression and anxiety, uh, that she gets triggered. <clears throat> but you said that she's not interested, doesn't doesn't care for Christian counseling or Christian books. Have you ever asked her why that is? What what is what does she object to with that? Um Yeah, she just I think she wants to pick and choose what she believes it believes in the Bible mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to believe everything in the Bible and she believes like the Bible is a bit uh, discriminatory against certain people, groups in the in society. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So so for she, her she, she, I want I want she, help but I don't want I don't want to have to accept everything that the Bible teaches or everything that God might want of me because uh, I have these beliefs that contradict uh, or the Bible contradicts what I, what I believe. Yes. Correct? And she, she went, she went to college in, in education and, mm-hmm. you know, here in this area, education can kind of be a liberal based, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. learning process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, there is a particular book that I would recommend. It's not specific to PTSD, but it's a really good book that's not written from a Christian perspective that helps understand, help, helps explain what's happening in our brain when we're experiencing various um, uh, emotional and psychological issues. It's a book called Mindsight by Daniel Siegel. And uh, it's, it's written in pretty excellent layman's terms, so you don't have to have a PhD in psychology to understand what he's talking about, but he does do a really good job of explaining, okay, here's, here's what's happening in the brain when we're experiencing say anxiety, but then here's what we can do where we can actually literally reshape our brain so that we're, we can experience that anxiety differently. We can have a different outcome than we've had before. So I would, I would encourage her to start there. Um, and, and just continue to have that open dialogue with her around what her experiences have been, what she, how she's interpreting those experiences, rather than, ex- rather than telling her what she should think or believe uh, from those experiences, you know, starting off by listening so that you, you earn the opportunity then to have an audience with her where you can share from your own perspective. Uh, but uh, anyway, that, that's where I'd start. Yeah, good. And the title of the book was Mind Something? Mindsight, M-I-N-D-S-I-G-H-T, all one word. Okay, instead, like instead of hindsight, yeah. So, Mark, what are you thinking here? Yeah, well, first of all, Scott, I want to commend you on knowing so much about your daughter's history because yeah. mm-hmm. oftentimes we'll have people come in and, and they'll have a concern and then we'll ask them a, a bit more and they won't really know why. 
And so you've got a good grasp of what's what's happening with her. Um, I want to talk a little bit to the first thing that you talked about, which was her abandonment um, that she feels when, you know, you guys go to dinner and obviously you're spending time with her and then when you leave. And so what I would do there is I would just acknowledge that she has that feeling and uh, and maybe there's something that you can do there with her. Maybe you can um, check in with her when you've finished dinner if she doesn't bring it up. And you might say something like, I know you might feel abandoned when I leave. You know, can I give you a hug and tell you I love you, right? And you might affirm her. You could also even, you know, uh, come up with some creative strategies too and say, hey, would it help if we talked on the phone while you drive home? And then it doesn't feel like this, uh, you know, then there's a little bit of a transition between us physically being separated and, you know, and the connection then being you know, broken for the rest of the night. And then you could also text her when, when she gets home too. But I love that you um, that you know that about her. And so I would suggest trying something like that um, and, uh, and, and see if that heals some of those abandonment wounds. Um, and then also acknowledge when you may have left her in the past. And, you know, I love what JJ was saying about earning the right and, and starting up a conversation with her. You know, as, as you do that, ask her how she felt when you did leave. Um, and, and lots of times as parents, I know we want to just explain or justify or, or fix, but just hear her out and, and maybe just uh, empathize and validate with what her feeling was like and what her experience was like growing up too as, as a child in, in that home, you know, having a, a difficult and challenging brother uh, too. So that's what I would say. The other thing um, you might want to do is that you might talk about this amazing story of Philip and a eunuch. A eunuch, you know, was, um, well, they were pretty much discriminated against, and um, Philip was willing to baptize the eunuch. In other words, a lot of things that were cultural at that time, Christ uh, didn't follow that cultural and didn't teach people to follow. And uh, so just the fact that it was a eunuch is really interesting to me. It's a verification that God really loves people, loves his creation. And uh, a lot of folks that society would shun, he loves. And he went against cultural standards in the way he treated women. Mm-hmm. Here's a woman in adultery. Nobody threw a rock after at her after he got through with them. Mm-hmm. See, and so maybe your daughter doesn't realize that. Now, here's the rub. God doesn't approve of everything that people do. When Jesus helped the woman who had been in adultery, he, you know, He wasn't condoning adultery. When he talked to the woman at the well, he wasn't condoning, let's live with people and let's have a bunch of husbands. But what he was saying is, look, every outcast and dejected person, I love you. I care about you. And just because people have a judgment against you, and and maybe you're doing some things that, that I wouldn't approve of, but I love you. And many times people respond to that love by no longer doing the things that the Bible doesn't approve. 
So yeah, the Bible uh, restricts some behavior, but it doesn't restrict people. It God truly is love, and that's in the Bible. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. Steve Arterburn here. Lives change because people come and participate with folks that want their lives to be transformed. So they're committed to transformation. Well, that's going to happen on December the 2nd. Emotional freedom. Chris Williams. Jackie Mac Harris, myself, we're going to do that workshop online. And a lot of people that have said to us, it was anxiety, it was depression, it was fear or anger, said that they did what we suggested and they became free. Mm-hmm. That's December 2nd. Every Man's Battle is going to be in Dallas, December 1, 2, and 3. And just like this weekend, men are going to go. And they're going to never be the same again. You could be that man. Or you could encourage the man that you love that you know needs help. You could say, why don't you just go to this? Isn't it the least you could do? And then intimacy in marriage is February 16, 17, and 18. Close to Valentine's Day. And that's going to be in Orange County, California. We'd love to see you there. Miracles happen. It really is true. They just they just happen. And so come be part of that if you possibly can. All right, let's go to Mary. Melbourne, Florida, WEJF is the station. Hi there. How are you today? Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I've um, had a friend for um, about seven years now, and um, he's single, never married, very much a recluse, um, doesn't even want to be with um, guy friends to watch the football games or baseball games. He just wants to be in his place. Um, But he's getting um, a little more um, kind of, it's getting to be where he's getting a little more strange. Um, So I don't know how to help him. What he did was um, um, the neighbors um, have a pool, and um, it's a husband and wife and a little four-year-old, and um, he said he could hear them. And so he leaves for work real early in the morning, and he would honk his horn and, um, and roll out the trash like at 319 in the morning. And the, I was over there the other day because he's, his cat's been very sick, and the cat of 19 years has passed. So um, anyway, she gave me a note folded up, and it just said what I told you. And um, and it said, help, we're not sleeping. And so, um, you know, I told his brother, I sent, it, sent the note to his um, sister-in-law, yeah. and they were aware of it. Okay, and, so, um, so we got to get to what is the question about a man who's really struggling? Yes. What I, I'm wanting to just probably, at this point, I don't know how I can help him or if I should just kind of back out. He did just lose his cat. Um, so I don't know if now is a good time to start pulling away, or is there a healthy way for me to help him? I've been kind of like giving him some yeah. food because he hasn't been eating, 
And so you took him to church, is that right? Or he went to church? Yes, that's su- the other thing. I haven't, he, no, he won't go to church. It's too big. But he went to Sunday school because um, a guy, one of his guy friends, he has two, um, mm-hmm. invited him. And after, a, I don't know, maybe six, seven times, the, if someone asks questions, it bothers him. And he yeah. says, he, he left. And so then he went to another one, men's group. And he really liked it. But then if a man even started to ask some questions, um, he says, you know, I'm not going anymore. Okay. And then this weird thing happened. And, you know, he's yeah. not. Okay. So, I have a suggestion. And then we'll hear J.J. and Mark give you the real answer. Thank you. <laughs> since, since he did go to Sunday school and he did go to the men's group, I would ask the leader to see if there's somebody there in each of those groups, maybe more than one, that would bring the church to him, that they would knock on the door, or if there's a an email or, or a phone number that they would text or email and say, hey, I'm going to be in the neighborhood, I'm going to come by, so he wouldn't be shocked. But it, it truly might be a situation where everything that he can't control is overwhelming. And I'm surprised that he went to those groups, and I'm happy that he did. But maybe somebody going by and visiting him in a short length of time and doing it again and again might form a bond that would, because he's got a a bond to somebody in the group, now he's able to withstand more stimulation, and he'd be less frustrated, less likely to not want to go back again. That's my thought. J.J., uh, what, what are you thinking there? Well, I'm in agreement. I think the more connections he can have, the better he's going to be because it's now, now it's not just this nameless, faceless rejection. There's relationship there. Uh, it does sound like there is a uh, – it sounds like he's really hurting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know all that's going on in his life, but it definitely sounds like he's hurting and and I would wonder, you know, Mary, if you have enough of a relationship with him that you can start to challenge or at least ask about what is it about people asking questions that bothers you and what's your relationship like with your neighbor that, you know, wouldn't you rather be reconciled rather than retaliate? Okay. Well, I, I have asked yeah. him that, and he said, I'm an introvert. He uses the same sentence. He goes, for an introvert to have that many questions he says, I don't mm. like it. Yeah. And mm. so he's, I think he's selfish myself and just use an excuse so he can go mm. home and just well, sit by he's, himself. Yeah, but he's very troubled. And um, maybe we can get some help from Mark. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now, let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places.
glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back, and you know what I love about this call, Mary, is that a lot of people have a person that maybe they're an introvert or not, but they're just alienated from everybody, and they're doing strange things because they don't have connection. Surely. You know what? Yeah, go ahead. so funny. Sorry. What's so funny, he's been a, a school teacher all his life, and he does have good relationships, he says, with the school teacher friends. Uh-huh. Now, I don't, you know, I've never heard him say he's going to go to a movie. I've got him a few times to go with me to a Christian movie, but mm-hmm. um, that, I could tell he was kind of, luckily, the Christian movies aren't very much, you know, gone to. So yep. the theaters were never packed. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, there wasn't well, like a big crowd of people. You know, right, so. let's let's hear what uh, Mark is thinking about somehow to form a bridge. I mean, that's a bad thing that they aren't. But yeah. the other thing, he always lived at home, um, and you know, his mom with his mom, and so I don't yeah. know if you know that has something to do with well, it. That let let's hear what I Mark never is met thinking. The mom. Yeah, let's let's well, hear what he's. Mary, thinking. I love that you want to help this guy and and you want to reach out to him. So that's really really cool. Um, I think the the difference between introversion and extroversion really has to do with how we gain energy. And I think you probably mm-hmm. maybe are getting that here, and that's why you're you know you're maybe coming up with a uh, conclusion that maybe he's selfish, right? So it, you know, introversion is, is is really we lose energy when we're in large crowds, and it is true. Some people who are introverted you know, would rather have one-on-one conversations. But it sounds like, you know, I think Steve uh, and JJ are hitting something here. Like, he's troubled. There's some kind of trauma, I think, that's likely happened to him. Um, and he feels fear and overwhelm with others, especially when they're asking him a lot of questions. And, yeah. you know, yes, maybe uh, as a school teacher, that was more comfortable for him because he could control that environment in his classroom. It's more predictable. But when he goes to church, it's less predictable. And, you know, that he doesn't get to choose the topic. People ask him questions and then he's got to respond to that. And so it sounds like, though, for, uh, I think where you are is that you're not really sure where to go from here and you're running out of ideas. And so I love what Steve was saying about having more people connect with him, because I think if he has more one on one connections, it sounds like th- those are safer. Right. That way, then, if he does come to church, right, at least when he, you know, there's a lot of people there. He knows all of them individually, and maybe he can have sidebar mm-hmm. conversations without it seeming like he's being put on the spot um, in a group. So I, I think there's probably more that's going on with him, and he's very hesitant to reach out for help. But in terms of what you can do, I think that, that that's what I, I would suggest. See if you can get others to kind of come alongside with you and just introduce one-on-one to him. And I have a final idea for you, and that is for you – and two girlfriends that you have fix dinner, show up, and have a meal with him. <coughs> and you might find that he enjoyed it so much that he wants you to come back and do it again. And when you come back and do it again, maybe there's a guy, a husband that comes. And, and maybe you can create something starting with women versus men. Seems like you know, men might be problem. If you're a school teacher, a lot of women teach school. I don't know, but I would give it a shot. And uh, maybe he'd be so grateful 
But uh, maybe not. Steve, you know? Steve can yeah. I add one more thing as well? Yes. Yeah. So it sounds like this friend of yours, Mary, is a believer. Is that correct? Let's assume that that's so. Okay. So I'm going to assume that it is. And if so, and if, if, if Scripture is important to him, I would point him to Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 4. You know, at the very end of the chapter, verse 31 and following, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. But it doesn't leave us there. It takes us then to what, what do we put on? What do we put in place of that? And it's to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And so some of his behavior is not in line with what the biblical mandate is. Uh, him him trying to get revenge on his neighbors because they're too loud, that's not in line with what Scripture would tell him to do. Uh, him withdrawing from others because he doesn't like the way that they're behaving is not in line with what Scripture would tell us to do. So I would just say, hey, listen, I know that you are a believer. I know you love God. Well, let's Let's look at the way that we treat others and see if, in fact, what we're doing and what we're saying is in line with what God would have us to do. Well, so, and, and then it. let me give just one more other lens okay. to look at this through, just <laughs> super quick, super quick. It sounds, I wonder if, if your friend is on the spectrum, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. because he gets yeah. overwhelmed with noise and social interaction. Yeah. So that yeah. might be a different lens to maybe kind of think mm-hmm. through it, and that might give you a little bit more compassion and ideas. Yeah. So you're thinking Asperger's. Possibly, maybe. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm going to send you Dr. Henry Cloud's book, Trust. I think that could be a great book to give to him. I'll send you a one-year Bible for women, my wife did, as our way of saying thanks to you. But maybe the trust book could help him see some reasons that he doesn't trust and that he could work through those. I love these mysteries, and I'd love to hear six months from now, if anything Mm. broke through to this man, it would really be wonderful if it did. Well, breaking into the studio is Larry Sonnenberg. And Larry, um, I have no malice toward you today. And I'm wondering what you, uh, what you might have for us here. Well, I actually I want to call out JJ. We just had this weekend, Every Man's Battle. I used to go to every one of those, and they're not all the same. It's the same stuff as presented, but there's different individuals, unique. And JJ, you probably have a story or two or something that happened I'd just love if you could speak into what this workshop was for some guys. Yeah, we had a great time in D.C. this past weekend. It was phenomenal. Uh, You're right. Every workshop is a little bit different. And every once in a while, you might have a workshop or a session where, uh, you know, getting them to answer the questions and interact is like pulling teeth. But, boy, I'll tell you, this weekend was not that. This weekend, the guys were active involved and responsive from the very beginning, uh, did a great job of wrestling with the material, did a great job of asking thoughtful questions. Uh, and, and it was what was one of the things that was really wonderful was how diverse the weekend was. It was, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, uh, socioeconomically, uh, racially, uh, probably professionally, right? There was all of these different, uh, certainly age age range, very diverse. And yet what, what stood out was this common bond that we all have. One of the universal struggle, but then two, this common bond to wanting to see and hopeful to see God bring healing. And we got to see that this weekend, which was 
phenomenal. So, and then of course the funniest story was the guy who came up to me and said, "Hey, I watch you on YouTube when you're on radio. I thought you were taller." <laughs> so, so apparently I come across much taller on radio than I do in real life. Yeah, you do sound tall. <laughs> I do. I do. Hey, JJ, how many men? Yes, sir. How many men blame women on their problem? Oh wow. You know, I, I would say that that is a common theme. I, I, I couldn't tell you what the percentage is. I would guess it would some, be somewhere around 25, 30% mm-hmm. of the guys that come in automatically are saying either I behaved the way I did because my wife did X, Y, or Z or didn't yeah. do X, Y, or Z, or I behaved the way I do because of the way women present themselves in society. I would say probably around 25, 30, 35%. Uh, and, and we do, we make great effort to address that issue and to get guys to look back at themselves, look back mm-hmm. at their own choices and their own behavior. There is nothing in our beliefs to the workshop that says that a man's choices have something to do with the woman. He has a lot of Correct. choices he can make other than, to, to do anything that is betrayed. Just want to make sure people know that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Larry, what else? I mean, we need help to get people there. I know that. Yeah, Steve, um, it's that time of year where we're coming down to the wire. You know, we're approaching year end, and people kind of procrastinate, wait for year end, make their final gifts. And I just want to encourage you to do it now. And, you know, I, I read something today where uh, – a couple made a testimony saying that they learned that they need this need to react with urgency to donating to their charitable choices because if you're not doing it now you're withholding what God has intended for it and uh, we don't want you to withhold anything and we appreciate your gifts uh, we need a gift continued for scholarships we, it's rebuilding the fund it's it's starting to grow again but we need to get it back up there a little bit. So if you could make a gift and make it designated to the scholarship fund, that would be great. If you could make a gift uh, regularly every month, join Club New Life. We need Club New Life members. That's a pretty special group of people, a lot of benefits. But uh, it benefits you more than anything to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Now, nobody at New Life owns a jet. (laughs) I mean, a couple of, of us would like to, but but the money is new life money to help people. We'll be back. To find out more information about new life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We are back. We'd love for you to join us. You know, after this program, we're going to do another one. And uh, the number is the same, 1-800-229-3000. Let's go to Sarah, Philadelphia again. Hi, Sarah. How are you? And how could we help you today there from Philadelphia? Sarah is on. Hi. Hi. um, Yes, Sarah from Philadelphia. I um, was um, a romantic. A survivor of a romantic scam. What was that? And um, how did how did they I, scam you as a romantic scam? Well, um, 
some people call it catfishing. I don't know what they what to call it. Anyway, for 2021, I received a, a Facebook message from this this guy, and in Australia, a supervisor, drill supervisor on an oil platform, and I ignored it. It was February 2021. About a year later, in January, February, I started to erase a lot of my messages. And this message popped up, and I review my messages before I get rid of them. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, I'll, I'll, well, tell you us, know, tell you, know, be a little more down the road here. What what ended up? Because we, it's well, our last segment. We might get lost from December twenty twenty two to October, and um, just a few weeks ago, um, his romantic, um, hi, beautiful, good morning, sending me love, love, GIS, just." And things like that. Yeah. And, so when um, when did he ask you for money? Because that's what it's all about. Yeah, he asked me for money about um, let's see, about October, right after my birthday, mm-hmm. which was October 9th. So around the fifteenth or twentieth, he asked me for money because his daughter Tia was in a boarding school and he didn't have enough money for her uh, medical. Um, yeah. Okay, and so how much did you send? Oh, I didn't send anything. That was the whole thing. Good for we you. We argued for weeks. Um, I I said, you know, you're either you're being targeted and asking me or someone, and I and we talked about Jesus. We talked about okay. homes, and I never really gave him like. Um, personal information that could be okay. used. So I hate to rush you along here, but I really want to help you. How, what what is the question next? what's the question for us today? How, what were you hoping the we could help you? With? How do I how do I get over this? I'm lamenting. I'm really thinking that this was real. Yeah. But I know it wasn't real and trying to get over just the um the love, yeah. you know, the love and, portion. And because so, it was a love. Yeah. It's so tragic because it was real to you. Now, a lot of people that get involved in romantic scams don't have girlfriends. They don't have a girlfriend to say, hey, um, Sarah, you, you, this might not be what you think it is. And, and then you don't fall head over heels. And and I'm just wondering if that could be true, that you you need some other girlfriends speaking into your life. Is that true or not? Um, well, I have my sister, my pastor. Um, I'm the one that takes care of people. Uh-huh. And did you share with anybody that this was happening? Oh, my pastor. Uh-huh. My, okay. I, I shared with my pastor. Well, um, I was curious about those things, but I want uh, Mark to start, and because we don't have a lot of time, how a person gets over something that seems so real mm-hmm. and wasn't. Yeah, I just want to ask you one quick question here, Sarah. What What did you learn about yourself here through this experience? We don't have a lot of time, but just quickly, if you could. Well, I learned... I'm such a trusting person. Mm-hmm. I believe everybody that's so nice. 
and there'd be more cautious, but um, I'm also a widow. I got, um, my husband died in 2009, and, you know, I wasn't looking for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And I was so. surprised that somebody would mm-hmm. look at my figure, my face, my eye, my, and yeah. say, so here's what I would say, Sarah. Lots of times that people who get caught up in these, these scams, they have an element of loneliness that's happening in their lives, right? And that's that's how they get drawn in and trapped in because somebody comes along and they say all these wonderful things to them. And they don't have others who are affirming them in their lives uh, or, or many others who they're just having connection and relationship with, right? And so it just feels so great they get drawn in. Good for you that you didn't send the money. But what mm-hmm. I would say to you is this is probably something that needs to be your whole story. I would say go to a counselor and, and have them unpack your whole story around this with you. And then also, mm-hmm. you know, have them alongside that, the timeline of, you know, what happened to you, you know, as a child, why you why you took up this caretaker Role, you know, you said you're somebody who likes to take care of others, and then also, you know, maybe some of the 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 grief and bereavement around losing your husband. And I'd have them unpack that story to help show you, right, where you may have some insecurities that make you vulnerable to these types of things. And then, if because when we grow in those areas um, and we feel secure, then we're a lot less susceptible to others trying to take advantage of us. But I, I suspect that there's probably some stuff in your background that you need to work on um, d- w- with, with the caretaker piece of you that, that mm-hmm. um, you have. And then, JJ, you have a quick comment here for her. Yeah, that, you know. yeah I would say, you know, first, it's so painful to be duped. It's so faint, painful to be lied to. And what we can end up doing as a result is we go, oh, I not not that I was foolish to believe that this person cared about me, but I start to say I was foolish to want to be loved. I was foolish to want to be desired. I won't let myself want that anymore. We kind of reject the whole idea of relationship and connection and desire. And that's what I I would caution you not to do. It is important that you grieve the loss of what you thought was there that ended up not being there. It's important to uh, as Mark talked about, figure out what you can learn from this. It's important to to accept the reality that this is this is not going to happen, but also to look at where are how can I grow the important relationships in my life so that I'm not experiencing such profound loneliness, which leaves me susceptible. Which, by the way, also kind of points for all of us to how important it is for each of us to make those connections when we can to offer those words of encouragement to others and affection where we can so that they're not as susceptible to this kind of, of mistreatment from scammers. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm very glad that you called. Uh, I'll send you a copy of Healing is a Choice. I hope that that will – let me send that and take your life back both. I think those could be helpful to you. And, um, yeah, I think – Everybody here is just encouraging you to learn something, to examine, and then hopefully this will be a good thing because you'll live in a different way. Here's a scripture from 2 Corinthians 9. It says this, You must each decide in your heart how much to give, 
and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. If you can be cheerful about giving to this ministry, please call us at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. We'll send you a copy of Henry's book, Trust. If you want to join the next program, 1-800-229-3000. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.